This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now, here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. And it's time for our weekly dose of the Graz with Dave Grosby. And so, Dave, Mariners somehow, someway continue to win. And now two games out of the uh, wild card, which, of course, is still going to be tough because they're chasing, you know, the Red Sox are chasing the Yankees. They're now tied with Tampa Bay or with Toronto but uh you know with the last week now in service they've got a chance amazing it really it? is just just amazing and then last night was was how they did it on display uh you know fall behind catch up have, have uh, the bullpen uh play their high wire act out and and somehow eke out a one-run win that was I think the 33rd of the year and uh just just win baby I mean this is that's the phrase for this team I mean when I was thinking of it today, I mean, they deserve the Al Davis thing. Just win, baby, because mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. They really did. And, of course, I mean, Logan Gilbert uh, uh, you know, Gilbert had a great game. He pitched well. Uh, certainly, you're right about the bullpen. They came in at the key spots, and they did well at the end. And, uh, you know, now here they are, you know, sitting a couple games out. And I don't know. I mean, you know, they've got uh, the Angels, you know, not a – not a bad team, but still a beatable team. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, five games remaining against them and three coming up against Houston. Well, and they, they, see, uh, they see Shohei Atani. I mm-hmm. think they have three coming up still against uh, Oakland, John. Yeah, three uh, against Oakland. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. They got, they got, they got, so you're really kind of looking at pitchers at this point uh, yeah. when it comes to the Angels. So you're looking at Shohei Otani, which is going to be uh, it's going to be difficult uh, no matter what. Uh, at least once, possibly, the way I've seen it broken down, he might possibly pitch that last game of the year as well. So you may have to face him twice. Um, but, um, you know, what's going to be more interesting, I think, is what the Mariners do on Tuesday. Uh, you, you say Kikuchi just, uh, boy, just lousy lousy outing the last time out Mm -hmm. and you kind of wonder are they even going to start him and then you've got this story uh, a guy named Matt Brash John he started the year pitching in Everett so you know what I'm talking about I'm talking about you know the the A A ball you know the Mm -hmm. the lowest level of A ball and he he, they got him for the Padres in in a small deal wasn't expected to do much this year he's promoted to Arkansas has pitched well there and now has been promoted to uh, Tacoma and uh, the expectation is they're taking a look to see if he can he can be up to start that game Tuesday. So one of the most important starts of the year, you're going to have you're going to have a guy who started the year pitching in in low A ball in or mid excuse me it's up to it's I think it's high A ball now in Everett taking a start uh, in one of the most crucial games you've ever had uh, in, in in September. So I mean it's um, it's potentially a great story, but uh, they are they are running the ragged edge. I mean you know Paul Seawald was. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we'll get back to him. But, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, Seawalt, Seawalt has been a great, great uh, bullpen guy. I mean, certainly I think the big, one of the big surprises of the year because he's been so consistent. I mean, consistent enough to be a very good closer. You know, they've got Castillo, who uh, you know now looks like he's resolved some of the issues that he's had before and, uh, you know, fixed all those up. And so uh, they, they look good there. And, of course, I mean, overall – I mean, with all the changes that they've had, the injuries they've had, and the pitching staff, I mean, it still looks good. And, of course, what they tend to do is just win the closed games. And that's what uh, is so important. As uh, Graz mentioned, 33 games that they've won are one-run type of games, which is absolutely incredible. And it just shows you the resilience of this team. It shows you the managing of Scott's service. 
and what he has. And so overall, you know, as you know, he as Gabe Crosby was mentioning, it's like okay, you know, uh, you know, the, the the bullpen has done a great job, Gross. It has. I mean, and it, it's been deep, but it's been it's been really really pushed, and and um, you know, it's uh, it's it's just a remarkable remarkable uh, season that they've had. This is guys they weren't necessarily counting on at the start of the year. Have fed in this slot. They've had three guys with more than ten saves. So, you know, they've they've uh, they've managed to find different pieces that work. But you know, I was looking at Paul Seawald, and and uh, you know, he is uh, he, he, to me, he strikes me as a guy who's pitching out there on the ragged edge. I mean, he's he's probably pretty tired. But uh, you know, everyone hauls hauls together. There's a, there's a week, a little over a week to go, and and try and make the the improbable happen. No, no doubt about it. I mean, what, what do you think? How do you think attendance is going to be this week? I know it's it's football season. You mm-hmm. know, everybody's in school and all those different things. But uh, you think that uh, things are going to start to fill up in the stadium? John, I would think if they can, uh, they can, they, they come in the next week. You're very much in the race that that it'll be like uh, 1995 all over again. Or even late, I would expect attendance to be large. If they're if they're in it, I would expect you know, and, and we have not seen big crowds. Let's face it, they, yeah. they, they hadn't caught on even in, even in this, uh, as late as last week. I mean, I, I would expect you to see crowds in the mid 30s, uh, you know, approaching approaching sellouts, uh, depending on on where they're at, and if they're still right there, you know, uh, swinging 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 from the heels and and slugging it out toe to toe with with uh, with the other teams. Uh, I would expect the crowd to be back, even though as you pointed out, it is football season and and college football season as well, and it's uh, about to become hockey season too. Hey, one the thing that kind of gnaws on me right now yeah. is that uh, Kyle Seager has just had an unbelievable year. I know his his batting average is low, but again, the home runs, the RBIs, and the consistent hitting that he has in key spots. I mean, even though it's going to cost him twenty million dollars, I mean, would they really let him go? Well, it's a tough it's a tough call for them to make, and. Um... I'm going to say that I think they probably already made up their mind, and I don't know that he's changing it, that he's been able to change it or not. That would be the question. I think their mind was made up before the year started. Uh, you're exactly right in that he has, he has delivered a lot of clutch hits. He's still played great defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's he's, he's just playing terrific. He's just been playing terrific. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not going to close anything out. I think that their plan is to, to move it was was to move past him and. You know, one of the things they kind of have done is sort of stuck with their plan when it comes to comes to players, when it comes to certain veterans. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm looking for signs that, that say otherwise, but I, I kind of kind of got the hunch this will be the last year for him. Yeah, but again, that's the thing I wonder about. It's like, okay, so is there is somebody on the street uh, in free agency next year? Twenty million dollars can do what he can do and do what he can do for this team. Uh, the question is, they have someone on the roster that they want to play there, really. Uh, yeah. That they, and and spend maybe spend some free agent money elsewhere, in, in particular on, on say the pitching staff. I think that becomes the question. But look, uh, you know, delivering thirty plus home runs, playing uh, you know Gold Glove caliber third base is worth twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just is. So he's making a very very strong case. And look, having said all this. Not going to surprise me at all if they just pick up that option. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, because again, it's like uh, you know, I mean, particularly too, you know, how he emotionally and how he fits with this team, how comfortable he is with the players around him. I mean, you know, it seems like I mean, he he's a Mariner, but of course, I mean, the only reason he might not be a Mariner is twenty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... 
they're having to change their plan quite a bit, you know, what, what it might have been. I think they, they would have thought originally, John, if I had talked to you at the mm-hmm. start of the year and said, well, what are the Mariners going to be spending their free agent money on next year? I would have guessed that a big chunk of it was going to be at shortstop. Yeah. You know, and, and J.P. Crawford, you know, had a nice nice year at the plate but couldn't hit. Well, he's shown that they have no issues now at shortstop. So, you know, guys guys can change that. Look, I would have told you, I did I did say at the halfway point of the season, that you say Kikuchi was, was, a, was a lock to have his option picked up. Now that's not going to happen. I mean, nor should it happen. So, you know, it's um, it's hard to judge things when when um, when nothing is set in stone. And, and I think that's the, one of the good things the Mariners have done is they don't set things in stone. No doubt about it. And what about the future of Mitch Hanniger? Well, I mean, they've they, they still got him under contract. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 he, he fits. I mean, he, he may be, he, he may not be in a starting role, uh, you know, depending on, on, you know, how healthy Kyle Lewis is and, and what he looks like coming back and, and if he's able to play. Uh, you know, there may, there may be limited opportunities for him. But, look, he's, he's what has he got, 35 home runs? Mm-hmm. I think he'll do just fine competing for his job and is the kind of guy you have on your team when you're winning. So it's about time the Mariners had what we're talking about here, John, which is an embarrassment of riches. No doubt about it. On the college football scene, Washington goes into conference play against Cal. Uh, is there any confidence right now where Washington is? I know last week they blew out Arkansas State, but it was Arkansas State. Right. I think this is um, this is this is a game to figure out where they're at. I mean, Cal is at one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington, I think, is on, on paper they're a better club. Uh, Cal has always played them tight, played them a one point game two years ago. Um, we'll see. We'll see if Washington is mentally bounced back. In my opinion, if they have a strong game and, and win uh, win by a touchdown or more, I'm going to say that I think that they bounce back from what happened the first game. But I'm not so sure I'm, we're going to see that. Uh, I think that Cal is, is going to be able to run the ball against them. I mean, that's that's what they like to do. Uh, they don't do it quite as well as Michigan. Let's hope. But uh, that's what they like to do. It's what they want to do. So. Uh, they'll give the Huskies a good test today, and uh, from what, from Washington's standpoint, you know you have those games, John, where all that matters is winning. Doesn't matter if you blow them out. Doesn't matter if you win by one. Doesn't matter if you win on a last second hail mary. This is one of those games. If you just figure out a way to win, it's a good win. Mm-hmm. No question about it. And what about Washington State? I mean, they get off to a fourteen nothing lead last week against USC with the coaching change, and all of a sudden give up forty five points and look terrible. Yeah, and I mean, you know, this whole story this week is about their coach still not revealing if he's been uh, vaccinated or not. And and I think uh, the deadline's coming up in a couple of weeks. And and I, you know, everything I'm looking at is, is telling me they're going to fire that coach. Mm-hmm. That if Brolovich doesn't get or come up with a really good reason not to be getting vaccinated, he's going to be fired. So I think that that off the field stuff is trickling on the field. But uh, no, to your point. It was a stunning, stunning thing against SC. You have a USC team who had fired their coach, uh, Helton, during the week. You know, uh, you know, had already, you know, come off to a bad start. Fired their coach and gone down fourteen uh, nothing on the road. Uh, you know, you got to give them all the credit in the world for bouncing back. I don't know how they, I don't know how they did it, and not just bouncing back, blowing Washington State off the field. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tough one for the Cougars this week, and and again, the the big focal point is off the field, not on the field with them. And distractions are always tough for college football teams. And of course, in the NFL, the Seahawks end up losing to Tennessee, oh. and everybody wants to run this team out of town. 
Yeah. It's like unbelievable. Well, you know, I mean, the people bend over react. That's for sure. The NFL is set up for that. And, you know, there, there are some things that were disconcerting for sure. I mean, I, I do think uh, the one thing that I came away with is that Tennessee's really good. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been a playoff team the last couple of years. They're, they're a really good squad. And, um, you know, Derrick Henry is a great running back. Now, having said that, I think you put up 30 points and you have a 14-point lead with 14 minutes to go, you should win. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you're playing. If you're a good team, you win those games in the NFL. And I think it was really disconcerting for Pete Carroll to see his defense being a defensive guy trampled the way it was by, by Henry. I mean, it was two plays later after the after the long Freddie Swain touchdown, uh, you know, one misplay, you know, and, and he cuts through them and it changes the game entirely. Now the offense all of a sudden can't do anything either, and uh, they wind up they wind up choking. There's no other way to put it. So uh, you, you saw how quickly Seahawks fans are ready to turn. I mean, uh, like when Russell Wilson had his offseason, people were talking about that. What, what will fans be like? But I said, well, a lot of fans will will be ready to jump if they're not if they're not playing that well. And the first the first sign of playing poorly, and, and that's what they did. And you heard a tremendous hue and cry about about the offense this week. And and um, look, I, in, in my book, John A, it, it's just a game. It's not that big a deal until they lose a couple more. But I was I would take thirty points into the fourth quarter and figure that you've done enough on offense most of the time. I mean, yeah. most of the time that should get you the win. So my concerns are with the defense. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Because, again, it's like, okay, say what you want about Russell Wilson, 343 yards. I mean, sure, he probably threw the ball a little bit too much in the second half, but still that's 343 yards and 30 points. Right, right. It was, it's enough to win. I mean, yeah. it's enough to win almost any week. So, you know, you're looking for things that need to get fixed. The offense could 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 be a little more efficient, but the defense needs to get fixed. Uh-huh, I mean, it, it it looked bad. Yeah, and it looked good in the first half. You know, getting the two yep. touchdown lead. I mean, it held Derrick Henry to thirty five yards, and so then all of a sudden things fell apart in the second half. So I mean, everybody looks at up oh, terrible season. They look terrible. It's like it was one bad half, and that was it. Well, they got they got a really desperate team this week, which is uh, usually the way they face Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota's usually really desperate, and and um, they seem uh, you know this is one if they don't get this one. I could see being a little more concerned, but mm-hmm. you, will have, you will probably get Minnesota's best shot, I would assume, in this game. No question about it. What's on the agenda for the Gras this weekend? Oh, John, it's, uh, well, you know, Sunday is an amazing day. Sunday yeah. you've got uh, you've got uh, the Mariners, you know, in, in the playoff hunt. You've got the Seahawks playing the Vikings. You've got the Storm playing in the WNBA playoffs. And you've got the Kraken playing their first preseason game. So uh, Sunday's an epic sports day in Seattle. No question about it. And that's our weekly dose of the Graz with Dave Grosby. Dave, enjoy this weekend. Thank you, John. Okay, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. And our thanks to Matt Nelson for running the show. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for producing the show. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Washington State football coming up at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Jet in Seattle. Hey, Jet. Hi. Hi, John. How How are are you? you? Good. You, You tired? Uh, no, I'm looking forward to some boring New York Jet football. Oh God, it's is been it awful. Too, it's, it's been it's been too exciting for me so far, and yeah, uh, I hear they're going to bore it down a little bit so that uh, we don't get too revved up about it. That's yeah, I can thing. imagine. Yeah, yeah. 
Boy, yeah. so, that's a, that's, I mean, am I wrong in thinking right now that uh, two weeks into the season, going into the third, that they're worse than they were last year? No. No, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think we saw some signs of improvement last week. Well, first off, the defense isn't playing all that bad, mm-hmm. considering what we thought they were going to be. And uh, they're playing hard. Uh, the defensive backfield, for whatever reason, well, it hasn't really been lit up yet, and that's just amazement to me. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. they really aren't getting a heck of a lot of pass rush out of it, but that's not been too bad. This will be an interesting test this week because, you know, Bridgewater's got some weapons. And he's been driving the ball downfield, so that's going to be interesting. But um, the thing I liked last week was we saw signs of improvement and some signs of life with the offensive line. Now, Van Rotten still is just rotten, mm-hmm. but um, the other four played reasonably well. And uh, there was a big improvement over the first week, I think partly because they're playing together more, there's more communication. And, hey, they ran the ball for 150 yards against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what that says about the Patriots or what that says about the Jets. It's too early to tell. But the offensive line opened up some holes and looked pretty good in the running game. Um, and they did reasonably well in pass protection, so there were signs of improvement there. And like I've been saying, I mean, I'm looking for improvement. I'm not looking for a championship. I'm not looking for playoff football. I'm looking for improvement week to week. And, well, we saw a little bit of that last week. It's going to be an interesting test this week because – that Denver defense is pretty stout, yeah. and uh, while they don't get a lot of sacks, they knock a lot of balls down. So it's going to be interesting to see how Wilson handles that. But, man, their defensive backfield is top-notch. Oh, it's, it's, so, it's the best um, in football. Yeah, so I suspect there's going to be some ghosts on the back of that field to this week that weren't there last week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think it's, it's, you know, again, we're looking for signs of improvement. We're looking for signs of life. And we just did not get that the last two years. Um so, I, you know, again, I'm keeping an open mind here. You know, yeah, Wilson was terrible last week. Okay, fine. But uh, the thing I liked about it was he did put his head in the sand and got run out of the ballpark. I mean, he did still keep chucking it, you know, mm-hmm. even in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, somewhat bounced back. So uh, we'll see. I do have some questions. though, like, why is Denzel Mims not playing? Yeah. Um, I just don't understand that. And the other thing is, why is Elijah Moore on a uh, wide out? You know, why aren't you playing him in the slot? Because you stack him and Berrios up one on top of each other, they still aren't 10 feet tall and still can't slam a basketball in a basketball hoop. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you put somebody that's five foot two on the outside, his, you know, his range and his target becomes even smaller. Put Denzel Mims on the outside, let him go contest some balls, yeah. you know, the way Davis does. And then you pull through one of these guys, either Berrios or Moore or Crowder when he's healthy, put them in the slot. I, I, I think... This just feels more punitive than it does anything else. I know they're hiding behind numbers and mm-hmm. special mm-hmm. teams and everything else, but it just does, seems like it's just more punitive than it is uh, anything. So I want to see Denzel Mims out there because once they get him in, I'm expecting some electric things. I think he matches up well with him, Davis, and he put more Crowder, uh, Barrios in the slot, and I think he got a nice tandem there. But until they put him on the outside, I think they've got problems. Yeah, no, no, no question. No, no question. And <laughs> before, because we have to get out of here early, <laughs> is that uh, what is your thoughts on uh, Zach Wilson? Oh, I'm not giving up on him yet. Um, I, I think uh, he, you know, he he's got to dial it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, he does have. Let's face it. He's got a gunslinger mentality. You got to kind of like that, but you got to kind of rein it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the fact that uh, you know he's bounced back in both second halves, 
And, uh, you know, he's looked terrible in both first halves, but they seem to make adjustments. He seems to read the field. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't back off. So I like that. Um, I like the fact that uh, he's tougher than I thought he was mm-hmm, going to be mm-hmm. because he has to be. So I think that's a good sign. But, uh, you know, hey, John, he's, what, 21 years old? Yeah, yeah. Like two yeah. games into his career. I mean, come on. Let's give the kids some time and, and effort, and let's face it. This isn't the greatest team in the world. No, that's but, for sure. Um, uh, <clears throat> I'm, what I'm interested to see is how the what the blocking scheme is is going to work this week. Because yeah. again, they're getting more continuity and more playing time together. But they, you know, I, and I think the Panthers' defense is better than we gave them credit yeah, for going yeah. in. But I think the Patriots' defense is not as good as we thought they were going to be going in. But it's going to be interesting because it is. They did hey, well. Jack, Jack got to run here because he got to go to Washington State football. It's going to be interesting how they do against the 4-3 again instead of the 3-4 because I no think question. the team matches up better against 3-4. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you, John. Have a good All right. Thank you. And, of course, uh, we will be back next Saturday. We'll get the full show from 8 to 11. And, again, Washington State football coming up next. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.